uh, two tables of the law uh, in the Old Testament. You have the first table of the law, which speaks to our love to God. It has the first four commandments. Then you have the second table of the law, which is our dealings with our fellow man. And this one, this, this focus on the one another commands really zones in to our dealings with one another in the church. And so now we come to Romans chapter 12 and verse 10. Romans chapter 12 and verse 10. It's a very simple command here. And it's not the first part, it's the second part that we're focusing on. So the first part says, love one another with brotherly affection. That's not our focus. This is our focus, the second part of it. Outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another in showing honor. The phrase outdo one another, this, the, the, you might find perhaps if you're using other translations, there's a bit of a challenge with translating this, whole, this entire this phrase. And so some prefer it to just uh, consider others better than yourself, like, like what Paul says in Philippians. Think of others better than yourself. And while that, of course, is embedded in the phrase, that's not actually the technical meaning of the phrase here. The technical meaning of the phrase has the idea of preferring someone over the preferring someone over yourself in a manner that outdoes them in how they prefer you. So unlike the Philippians passage that says, consider others better than yourself, this particular passage says, look at the way others are honoring you and honor them better. Does that make sense? Outdo them. So here is a text that encourages us to a holy competition. Compete with one another, not for glamour like in the world, not to be first like in the world, not to be, you know, the most, the one who shines and is better in people's eyes, but in thinking and treating others that way. You are to, the, when it says outdo one another in showing honor, he is saying you are to ensure that nobody out-honors you. No one honors you more than you honor them. It is an unusual phrasing, an unusual language. We, in the scripture, we usually are told to go down. We, we, we're never really told to compete one another in that sense, a lot of the times. Um, there's perhaps one or two places, and I'll speak about them now, where, we, where, where this language of competing with one another is there. But generally, we're, 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 not, we're, we don't, we're not used to this competing language. In fact, it, as Christians, we're usually hearing not compete one another uh, for glory and things like that. But this text says uh, you, are, you ought to compete with your fellow Christian in honoring them. Now, how are we to do this? I want to divide our time under these headings. How are we to do this? What are the things necessary if we are to be successful in the completion of this command? So if we are all, if we become Christians and we're all, in, we're all put into a competition with each other to out-honor each other, how can we hope to be successful? 
What are the things that we need in order to succeed in our honoring one another? I have three things uh, to help us understand, to walk us through this text. First, if you are in, think about it, if you're, just in a, if you're in a normal competition, let's say you're, you're running against someone or you're trying to compete with someone to be the number one in class uh, in a particular subject, or perhaps you, you want to be the best employee, you want to get that promotion, what are, what are the things that are required when you are competing with someone in order to beat them and win? What are the things that are required? Three things, at least. First, you must study the task at hand. You must know the task. What is it that you must do in order to succeed? You must know the task. Second, you must study your competitor. Study, look to your competitor. You can't win if you don't look to your competitor to understand how they're doing things so that you can beat them. And thirdly, you must study yourself in light of your competitor and adjust accordingly to win. So first, you must study your task. Second, study your competitor. And third, study yourself and adjust. So let's look at the first point. Study your task. What is our task in this text? Well, the task here, proper, is to show honor. You see that part? Outdo one another in what? In showing honor. What is it to show honor? When somebody says, this person showed me honor, what does that mean? Well, the illustration that is simplest here is the illustration that James gives us. James says, there's a way that people generally act when a rich guy comes in versus when a poor person comes into the church, yeah? At, that, at least at that time, because we're much holier than that. We don't treat rich and poor people differently, right? That was sarcastic, by the way, if you didn't get that. Okay, we're, we have the same disease as they did. Okay, but, but he says, when, when a poor person comes in, we wanna, no, no, you, you sit there in the corner, sit there at the back, at the back bench where you won't cause the, a lot of us trouble with your smelly clothes. And then when the rich person or the important person in the society comes into the church, well, we wanna usher them in. How many times have you seen those videos when maybe a political candidate is coming to church and they stop the whole service for him? You know, it, it happens all the time in KZN. Whether when, when, when Zuma wants the, when it's time for politics, you know Zuma is speaking at the churches. You come in and, oh yeah, the, he's here, and then we, 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 we br bring out the red carpet, he sits at the front here, there's, you know, we put, we put flowers on the seats that he's gonna sit on, and the rest of you people, please move to the side because this important person is here. Well, that's the picture of showing honor. And Paul says here that that, that, showing, that show of honor, that high esteem, that great respect, we are to reserve for each other more than ourselves. We are to reserve for each other. I am to reserve this, this rolling out of the red carpet, this, this great preference of someone, I'm to reserve it for my brother and not myself. Because what am I tempted to do? I'm tempted to want that for myself, don't I? Or you, 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 don't, you, don't, you don't feel that way? I do. It's a fight. To want to be honored. 
to want people to speak of you, to speak of you in glowing references. To when they speak of you, they speak of you just, just as if you're just like two degrees below Christ. Like it's so amazing when he speaks, oh, when, 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 he, when, when, he, when he deals with me, oh, he's just, he's an amazing, when, when he shares an opinion on something, he's amazing. When all of these things, I, I want that for myself. And Paul says, I should want that more so for others more than me. And I should do that actively for others. I should show great esteem. If we want a, a simple technical definition of this, we could say this. In this context, honor means to demonstrate high respect or great esteem for someone. To demonstrate high respect, to respect each other. Regardless of what, how we look like, where we come from, what the particular contours of we are to esteem and think of each other that way and ensure that you do not outdo me in that. That I esteem you more. It is to highly consider each other, to think and to speak with others about each other in a manner that shows a high and great esteem. Who are we to reserve that for? Primarily, we are to reserve that for the people in the church. Now, here's the question. Why must we honor that, each other that way? Why must we speak of each other, show each other that kind of esteem? <clears throat> Do we deserve it? I mean, you can say what you want to say about the politician coming into the church and sitting up front. You could say he's a politician in the country, right? He's a big guy, a big short. He, he runs the country. He's, <clears throat> he's not the same as the rest of us in terms of how to run the country. He is the first citizen. If a president comes to a, a church, you could say, you could make an argument. Well, he is the first citizen. Um, if he dies, it's called assassination. If you and I are are killed. It's just called murder, right? So you could make that argument is more important. So what is it about the person sitting to your left or to your right that means that they deserve such treatment from you? How is the person next to you earned that respect, earned that esteem? What does it do? They does. Is Paul confused here? Is Paul perhaps speaking about the distinguished Christians of Rome, not just the plebs of Johannesburg? Maybe he's speaking about the distinguished Christians of Rome, you know, who know Greek and all these Latin phrases and all these things. Well, I think the, I think the key is found in the very same verse. The verse that I said is not our main attention. The, the, the part of the verse that I said is not our main attention. Right there at the beginning of verse 10. Love one another with brotherly affection. This honor and esteem is a necessary outworking of brotherly love. Which means the achievement that, 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 that makes this person deserve to be highly esteemed and highly respected. The person next to me is not their achievement but Christ's. Because they have been made a child of God, because they are my brother in Christ, because of what Christ has done for them, they are worthy of all honor 
respect, and esteem. Do you see how this changes the paradigm? What are the excuses sometimes that you might have for not wanting to honor the Christians next to you? Yo, this person rubs me off the wrong way when they talk. How can I honor them? Yo, this person's actions, just, this person just doesn't think properly sometimes. This person is a bumbling mess. He's not, you know, he's not cultured, this person next to me. How can I greatly esteem him? And when I'm talking about him to other people, I, 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 I can't help but just, you know, tell the truth. This person sucks. See? You, you see the change of the paradigm? It is because they've been, they've been bought by the Lord Jesus Christ and they belong to him and I belong to Christ with them. Therefore, it is a necessary outworking that I honor them as I honor Christ. Not to, be, not to be fast and loose with the truth. I'm not saying that. Not to be inordinate or be cultic or weird. I'm not talking about that. But in our general life, we ought to consider those next to us worthy of high honor more than ourselves. That is the task at hand. Okay. So how do you achieve this task? We've seen that we study the task. And the second thing now, we study our competitor. Remember this, this phraseology here is in competition. You do not want this person to honor you more than you honor them. You want to outdo them. You want to out-honor them. You want, you want whatever level of honor they give you, whether in private or public, you heap it on their head ten times. What are they doing? So which means that you look at them. What are they doing? When you're here at the church and we come together, you can see people who are here doing things, honoring others. There are many people who come to church and serve and they show honor in their service to others. Your job, dear Christian, is to study them and study how they show honor. You are to ensure that you are watching and seeing and learning from the others and how they are honoring others or even honoring yourself. And so that you can take that and multiply it and do it to them and to others. You do not want that there's anybody else here in the church who is known for honoring people more than you. No, no, no. You can have, you can have the, fine, you're a preacher, you can preach, oh, you're a musician, you can music, but let me tell you something, my job is to honor people. And that's what I'll do. And no one's going to take that away from me. That's the attitude that Paul wants us to have here. To be constantly and thinking and applying ourselves in outdoing others and showing honor. This, the, the kind of competition that is here is very different from the worldly competition of trying to be better than others. It is rather a competition of trying to learn from how others are honoring others and compound that and use it yourself. Which means, necessarily, this involves some comparison. It involves some comparison. And this leads us to our third point. Right? We have to study yourself. How do you honor people in comparison with others and how they honor people? You, 
I want you to notice something with regard to this, that Paul is pitting these people against each other. And if you're going to pit people against each other, there has to be, okay, this is what this person did, and this is what I'm doing. And if this person is doing it better, in more better quality, it is more honoring, it is a wonderful thing that they're doing, then I have to step up my game, not only to be at that level, but to be better than them. Right? There is a, there is a plane here, and I want to illustrate this. Come with me for a moment to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I want to illustrate how Paul himself does this as he pits the Christians against each other to try to show them that there is um, look at what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 1 we want you to know brothers about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia for in a severe test of affliction their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part for they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then uh, by the will of God to us. Verse 7. But as you excel, well, uh, sorry, sorry, verse 6. Accordingly, we urge Titus that as he had started, so he should complete among you this act of grace. But as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, and in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also. Do you see this? you see what he's doing here? I want to... I want, I, I, Paul is looking at the church at Corinth and he says, I want you guys to grow in the grace of giving, but the way that he's going to motivate them to get there, the means that he's going to use to motivate them to get there, is that he's going to use the example of the Macedonians. And he's going to say, look at what the Macedonians did. He's, going, he's explaining exactly how the Macedonians did it. They came out, it was even much more than we thought. Even in the, they were in a severe test of affliction, but they overflowed in a, in a wealth of generosity. He's showing them, he's teaching them about, look at the Macedonians, now you excel like they did. Of course, in our text, it's not just saying excel like they did, he says, I'll do them. Do more than what they did. And when you hear this language, you have to be very careful with this kind of language. Okay. This language of comparison has to be said with a lot of nuances, and I don't want to overly nuance it such that it loses its power and strength. Paul doesn't overly nuance it in the text in Romans 12. But I must say a few things. We, we must understand that what we're talking about is all in the realm of sanctification, okay? It's not in the realm of justification. In the realm of justification, all we need is to come to the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins. We just cry out to Him. There's no comparison. You only compare yourself to God and see your lack and your need for grace. 
But when it comes to sanctification, there's a lot of means of grace. When it comes to becoming more and more like Christ, there's a lot of means of grace that the Lord gives to us. And one of them is the example of others. And so when we study others and study how they show honor, then we can emulate ourselves after them and want to do it qualitatively and quantitatively better than they are. So you must understand that what we're talking about is not something to earn your salvation. We're talking about as we're trying to grow, we look at others to see how we can grow more and let their lives challenge us. Which means, and I might have used this, this, this phrase before, but I'm going to use it again because it fits with this. In, Christi in Christendom, there's no such thing as this is the way I am, deal with it. I'm always to be looking for ways to grow and to change and to show honor more and more. I'm never to plateau. But I'm to always be fighting forward, failing forward, using what God gives me to get to become more and more like Jesus Christ as I respond to the grace that he has given me. You must also notice that when we're talking about, and the second nuance about when we're talking about comparing one another to each other, we're not, you must judge yourself correctly. Okay, don't. If somebody's been a Christian for much longer and their prayers have much more grace in them and they have much more theology, you can't just sit there and think, oh, look at how useless I am because look at how I can, or look at the gifts that I don't have, how, you know, woe is me, that kind of thing of the destructive kind of comparison. That's not what we're talking about. The reason for comparison here is so that we can grow in grace so that we can, oh, here's a model. Let me model myself after it and do it better. I can tell you other examples. For example, in Philippians chapter 2, Paul does the same thing where he brings up two men as examples, Epaphroditus and Timothy. And he compares those two men to other work, gospel workers and shows how those men are excellent above them. In fact, he even says of Timothy, I have no one else in Rome like him who cares for you, Philippians, like I do. So Paul does this comparison quite a bit. And so for yourself as well, think, who can I learn from? How can I first study how to show honor? Who is it that whenever I'm around them, they, I feel honored? The way that they speak, their, their speech about other Christians or their speech to me is always a seasoned with salt. How can I take that and, apply, and learn from it and try to grow and compound it and do it more? When it comes to how I've seen how others treat Christians, you know, certain people just always treat Christians in a wonderful way. They're, they're living third John, treating them in a manner worthy of the gospel. The way that they just always have their whole, their, their time open. The way that they always just prefer people. If there's a person or two like that, think on them. Try and learn from them so that you can grow. And then look at yourself. Where, why am I not doing this? What are my deficiencies in this? And what are the things that are stopping me for, from emulating them? And deal with those. This particular command requires effort like they all do because it's in the second table of the Lord, requires a lot of effort, requires effort on our part to apply and to push ourselves 
as we are at, as we are working out our salvation as we're living in light of what the gospel says so let me commend this command to you this evening to consider the believers first around you to be worthy of esteem not because of themselves but because of what Christ has done and then to always be looking at ways to advance in the way that you show individual and collective Christians around you more honor than they show you. Amen. Let's pray. Well, Lord, you have shown us great honor in the Lord Jesus Christ when he came and died for us and loved us in a manner that cannot be compared, really. So we ask that you'd give us grace to do this as well, to honor each other in our speech and in our actions, to fight in our hearts and minds to have the right thoughts about the Christians around us, to show honor in every way and esteem and respect because of the command that you have given us, that love might be seen in how we treat one another practically. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, we're going to end this evening with, O oh, Church, Arise.